Thank you, Clark Family and Choir, for blessing us this morning. We are blessed indeed. As our hearts have now been prepared for God's Word, let's open the Word to Ephesians chapter 4. There are Bibles in the seats in front of you. I'll be reading starting in the first verse. Apostle Paul is writing and he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He also descended in the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This weekend we continue to ask and answer the question, how can the gospel go viral in us and through us? In part one of this sermon series, we learned in Acts chapter 4 that God used ordinary folk like us to live a faith boldly And as they did, God did extraordinary things. Why? Because they had been with Jesus. And so we're reminded yet still today to spend time with Jesus in His Word, in fellowship with one another. Spending time with Jesus continues to be the key. Surveys tell us that one in seven Americans read their Bible every day. That's about 14%. 52 of us read it occasionally. What would happen if we as the body of Christ lived into the grace and the promise that God had poured out on us and we spent time with Jesus and allowed that to pour out into the world? And so doing there, we can't help but click that veritable share button so that the world would know the love that we have from God and the promise that He has given us. So the Gospel, in fact, would go viral in us and through us. And now this week, as we continue considering this, 
we ask that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us from Ephesians chapter 4 how it is we're called to participate specifically in this boldness. In the first couple chapters of Ephesians, we learn about who we believe in, whose we are, our doctrine, what we're about, our identity. And now in chapter 4 of Ephesians, as in many of Paul's letters, you'll get to know that when that word therefore shows up, practical guidance is about to happen. And so Paul begins by saying in this chapter, I therefore a prisoner. See, this practical guidance comes in the midst of hardship. And he counts it worthy to follow Christ even in the midst of hardship. One commentator put it like this, his imprisonment is in a great cause. We are designed to participate in great causes. We are made by God to be a part of great causes. And there is no greater cause than the work of the gospel. And so Paul writes, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. We're so used to this language of, of walking the journey or taking the next step that, that sometimes we pass over that language and forget the power of the invitation to step by step, day by day, walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling that God has given us. And that calling comes, as he writes in verse 7, by grace given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So Paul reminds us once again whose we are, and it's out of that grace that we serve. And so we are called, in fact, by God's grace, children of God. Children of God. This is a high calling. I read a story this week about Brigadier General Theodore Roosevelt Jr., the son of the great president, waiting to board a plane. And Brigadier General Roosevelt overheard the plea of a lower-ranking soldier who was begging to get a seat on the plane. He said, I'm shipping out in three days overseas. I want to go see my family. I only have time to do that if I can get on this plane. Just then, the general decided and stepped forward and said, I'll give up my seat for this young soldier. But one of his fellow officers said, you can't do that. He's a lower rank than you. You've got to honor the, the matter of rank here. And he says, you know, quickly responding, General Roosevelt said, he's right. You're right. I do need to honor a matter of rank. And after all, he's a son and I'm just a general. And he gave up his seat. You see, God conferred the highest honor on us when he calls us his sons and daughters. God conferred a high privilege. In chapter 1 of Ephesians, in verse 18, it says that we have a great inheritance. 
And this inheritance that we have been given, this high honor, this great privilege, God invites us now in very practical ways. In chapter 4, as Paul writes about, to share it with the world. Because we have one Lord, one faith, which one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, it leads us to a lifestyle of humility and gentleness and of peace, which leads to unity in the body of Christ and the expansion of the gospel to the world. Paul had in mind the division of the church at the time between the Jews and the Gentiles who are now under one banner under Christ. And he said, in this great inheritance, this family of God now, we have unity. But it doesn't lead us to timidity. Humility and gentleness are not meant to be timid. We're still called, as we learned last week, to be bold with this promise. The previous century, G.K. Chesterton wrote a book called Orthodoxy, and in it he says that the part of men that we are to assert to be bold about, we're timid on. And the part of ourselves that we're to be humble and modest about, we celebrate. We get it backwards so often. It was true in the previous century, and it's true in ours. You see, in, as recipients of God's grace, anchored in the promise of our one Lord and our one faith, we now participate in God's promise to the world by the help of the Holy Spirit. God's work of reconciliation to our Heavenly Father is our glorious inheritance that we now get to share. We are told in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are saved by grace through faith for good works that God prepared beforehand. And now, on the heels of this therefore, Paul describes in chapter 4 what those good works are. Now, Paul has given us in other books of the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, other lists of ministries and gifts. So this list that we get here in chapter 4 and verses 11 through 13 is not exhaustive, but it is specific and part of our calling. And so we hear these, as what some have called the five-fold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers and when we participate in these ministries we build up God's body and protect the body of Christ from every wind of doctrine it allows the gospel to go viral in its true loving form so let's look at this list for a moment this calling that God has given us, the specific way that we are invited to boldly share our faith. First, apostles. Now, we're not getting a new identity as one of the 12 apostles here. Apostle literally means to be a messenger or a delegate of the gospel. And so our first calling is to bring the gospel to every corner of the world, or maybe just across the hall in our own home. We are delegates and messengers of the gospel to preach it and to bear that light to the whole world. So all of us, whatever rank or position 
or lot we have in this life are called to this apostle ministry of being a messenger of the gospel. Next, we're invited to be part of God's prophetic ministry. Not necessarily being a soothsayer here or telling the future. It's about bearing the truth of God's word. Being tuned in with Jesus and listening to his word so that we can share that with others. Maybe you're nudged and moved when right and wrong are confused. Maybe God has wired you to a prophetic ministry to connect God's word to the world and compelled by the prompting of the Holy Spirit to share it boldly but with gentleness and humility. And God also invites us to be part of the ministry of evangelism as evangelists. If you're a person that notices at the party the person who is off by themselves outside the group, then maybe you're an evangelist in waiting. God is using that heart of yours to welcome people into His kingdom. To notice those outside the circle who need to hear the proclamation, who need to know that God is desiring that they too would be called His children. You don't have to be a Billy Graham to be an evangelist. We're part of this ministry of evangelism together. And then there's shepherds or sometimes translated pastors. You don't have to get called to be a pastor at Faith Lutheran Church to be part of this ministry. Shepherds are guardians of the flock. They watch for those ditches. They listen. They have a heart for God's people. Folks, continually come to you to let to be a listening ear. Maybe you have a natural inclination to this shepherding ministry. Protect and comfort. We are called to be a part of this too. And then there's teachers. In the prayers today, we will thank God for our teachers who go back to school this week and will bless our children. But we don't have to be part of the profession of being a teacher to be part of the ministry of our daily life of teaching. Maybe you like to unpack and explain things. Maybe you have a heart for teaching in the daily life to unpack God's Word and His revelation and promise to us. So as you reflect on these ministries, maybe you have a natural inclination to one of them. Maybe they they fit right into your gifts. Pay attention to that. That's a clue for you for how the Holy Spirit may be nudging you and providing opportunities for you to be a part of His ministry within within the body of Christ and in the world. Or maybe you're in a situation or season that requires one of those ministries that keep popping up even though you don't feel equipped or particularly gifted there. God is using you there, maybe not because it's your strongest gift, but it's the strongest need. God, as I've said before, doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Think of the public speaking work that God called Moses to, Moses with his speech impediment, right? We don't get to opt out just because we are not good at one of these ministries. God calls his whole church to it. So whether it's circumstance and situation or gifting, these are opportunities that the Holy Spirit is using to nudge us 
to realize that we can participate in the call of God. If you're a business owner or a mom or a dad or all of us may be running our own household, we discover real quickly that we can't sometimes wait for the expert to step in. We need to be available to serve whenever the need arises. And that's true for all of us. So God is calling us, the church, to be part of these five ministries. And when we do, verses 13 and 16 tell us that the body of Christ is brought to maturity. We no longer live as children swayed by every wave of doctrine to and fro. Our faith is brought to fruition in Christ. It's easy to get swayed by the rapid fire of our world today. In fact, we see whole denominations who've let go of this whole idea of one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And so we can boldly hold to those promises while humbly sharing their truth with the world. This gives us unity with other Christians who are also staking their life on this great work staking their life on this great cause. And so as we are participants in this cause, as fellow members in the body of Christ, we grow in love and the gospel goes viral in us as we recognize the identity we have as children of God, this great inheritance. And then through us, as we participate in these ministries to every nation, tribe, and tongue, across the hall, across an ocean, across the street. Sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we are called to be part of this great cause and by His grace, allow the gospel to go viral. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.